Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Pastor Brian. And in today's episode, we're going to go through that final module in the discipleship track that you can find online. So this one is all about empowering someone to go out and make disciples. So, you know, the the first module was about warm-up topics. The second module was about the first arrow in that circle, trusting Jesus. The third module was about helping someone honor God. That's what we did last time. And today we're talking about finishing the job with someone that you're discipling and helping them help someone else through a discipleship track. So again, I talked about this with my fighter pilot guys. It was a great conversation. Remember, these guys are all going to go out there and use it. They're using it in small groups uh, at their churches. They're using it one-on-one with guys in their lives. So I hope it inspires you as we talked through this on a very practical level. And so listen in to this podcast. And again, I hope that you won't just listen, but that you will be doers, that you'll go over to PursueGod.org slash tracks, pick out a discipleship track and bring someone through it. All right, so we're going to cover topics 10, 11, and 12 in this track. And and let's just, let's kind of fly through this because I want to make sure to save some time for you guys to ask specific questions or make statements about it or whatever, right? So, you know, the goal here is to, is to finish the job. And so it's to help someone go full circle. We don't, we don't want to just help them trust Jesus. You know, they pray the prayer uh, and then that's it. And we don't want them to just start reading their Bible and going to church. That's great. We actually want them to go all the way around and, and start engaging someone else. And that's why we've, that's why we put these discipleship tracks together because we wanted it to be, um, we wanted it to be in it, in essence, training your, you, we've been training while we've been going through it. Does that make sense? Like the way we've been doing it, even though we've kind of been going fast in our, cause this is more of a training setting. We've been taking three topics at a time. Ranger, you said your small group, you, you guys did three, to, you know, two or three topics at a time. And I think that's fine yeah. if you're talking about Christians who get it and they're they're pretty clued in. But the best case scenario is you go through this with a guy one topic at a time and don't rush it. And and maybe you even pick a different topic than the one that's listed, right? Because this isn't a mandate, right? And so keep that in mind as we go. Um, so let's just talk about this the concept in in topic ten first. This you know this is. Uh, this is all about helping others and the key points. Um, I think one of the things, Ranger, you just mentioned it earlier is Christian maturity comes after we start discipling, not before. Somebody uh, defend that statement or argue against it. Do you agree? Disagree? I, I, I'll jump in. I totally agree with that. And uh, I, I think the enemy actually uses a feeling of inadequacy Mm -hmm. to hold us back from, from doing exactly this from, from discipling people and from reaching other for, you know, hold us. He tries to hold us back by helping us or not helping us, but making us think we're not, we're not ready. We're not prepared. We're going to get stumped. We're going to, we're going to somehow screw up. Mm -hmm. And, and therefore we don't, I mean, really out of fear, we don't take the step to, uh, to do it. We don't, you know, it, it takes a little bit of courage, but it takes a lot of faith. And, uh, we just have to know that God's got our back and he commands us to do this. And it's not us. That's gonna, you know, we're just planting the seeds and we're not doing the saving per se. It's, 
the Holy Spirit that's doing that. We just need to step out in obedience and do it. But uh, I, I fall victim to this a lot, just feeling like, all right, I just got to study up a little more. I just got to be, mm. you know, I got to read this or do that, you know, and, and then I'll take whatever next step might, uh, the next step that I'm thinking about. But, I, you know, it's just kind of recently that I'm like, okay, I'm just going to dive in here and do it, push myself out of, out of my comfort zone intentionally. So Pinto or any of you guys before, before this series, before this track, what, what would you mean by do it, do it, disciple someone? How would you have described that before kind of, we went through this system and this strategy? Because my theory is part of the, re I think I, I totally agree Pinto that there's this fear, but I think part of what feeds the fear is where there's a lack of clarity. Like we don't even know what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Cause you, you, you imagine yourself meeting with a guy for a week or two with an open Bible and, and that's it. And then you're like, what, what am I supposed to talk about? Well, like yeah. what happens when we're done talking about football? So what is it previously? Well, I think for me, you know, there, there was always a focus on just sharing the gospel with mm. non-believers, not necessarily developing somebody who's already saved and, and, and encouraging them to, you know, kind of go through this and, and then to disciple others, not to keep the, the ball rolling kind of thing with reaching others and not, you know, the idea that, you know, if you can make disciples and then that person can make a disciple and then it just keeps going from there. Mm. I think for me, it was just about kind of sharing the gospel, which is also very important, but right. I think there's, there's more to it than that, you know, and you don't just have to in, in your mind, think of who are my non-believing friends that I can do this with. I think this is in some ways very effective with just kind of new Christians or people that are kind of, mm -hmm still, you know, maybe just on the doorstep and not quite there, mm -hmm. or if they are there, but they're, they're just kind of stuck in their faith or, or, you know, just don't know where to go kind of thing. Where, like the guy you're thinking, the guy, the people you're thinking about mentoring, discipling, where would you put them on the circle? Well, there's one guy in particular that, um, I may have mentioned him before, but, uh, I think he's uh, he's at the very beginning. Um, but like before, he he hasn't even put his faith in Christ. Would you say? No, he has, but that's okay. as far as he's gone. Yeah. He's, so he he's might be like right right around here. Like that's right. Between yeah, exactly. trusting Jesus and honoring God, he's probably trusted Jesus, but he hasn't quite mastered honoring God. That's right. He's he's for sure saved. I, I know mm. that. Um, but yeah, he, he's a mess beyond that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's not, you know, they've been at our church. We have a, we have a growth track at our church and, and our church really encourages people to serve and we call it our dream team. Mm. And uh, they've been at the church for like 10 years and they've not even gone through the growth track. And, and he's a guy who he's got so many problems. He, you know, it's, it's just kind of a woe is me. There's always something like big and bad going on in mm. his life. And I tried to encourage him like, man, you got to get out of your own like pity party here mm. and, and your own kind of self, absorption and just serve others just get out and serve people and get outside your own you know pity party kind of i mean i didn't say that bluntly but mm -hmm. that's uh it's kind of what i'm what i'm trying to get him to do so i think this may be a good tool to 
to walk through with them. Yeah. So how, how will you know when he's qualified to get out of his own way and start helping someone else? Right. Cause if it's true that we mature by helping someone else, mm-hmm. your goal for him is to get him not just from one to two, but it's to get him from one to three. Right. Right. How, right. how will you know, maybe I'm jumping the gun with this question, but how will you know when he's ready to engage with somebody else? I don't know. It's going to take mm. a long time with this guy in particular. Mm. I think it's really going to take a long time. He's, he's just, just a, a pattern of, of, like I said, he's very self-absorbed into his own issues and problems and, um, it's and he's just kind of bound by a lot of fear and and guilt and shame from from things he's done hmm. and uh yeah so it'll 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 be a while but i think when he when he's truly understands that he's free that you know jesus has paid for all that that he can put it in the rearview mirror for real and not dwell on it and not you know crucify himself every day about it hmm. i think that'll be a pretty good indication yeah. So do you think that you're going to spend some time on some of these, maybe in the trusting Jesus section where maybe you're talking a little bit about here, I'm just pulling this up right now, mm-hmm. not so much about doctrinal stuff, but like maybe, am I really saved if I keep sinning? Yeah, that would be a great one. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, he often tells me and I'll have lunch with him occasionally and and he'll say, man, I'm just really struggling. I'm just really, uh, I'm really struggling. And, and I'll pray for him and with him and, you know, try to talk through some of the stuff, but it's, you know, um, just trying to get him, get him out of that cycle has been difficult. I've got another question, but remind me to come. No, I've got to ask and I'll forget it. Okay. How do you, okay. So here's, here's a fundamental issue. Cause I know that you guys probably might, you're going to run into guys like this. I do all the time. Mm-hmm. where it's kind of like what you're describing. But what I do, the last thing I want to do is feed their consumerism. Yeah. Right. That's a good way to, it's a great way to describe him. He's a total consumer. Total consumer. Yeah. And now he's going to have a, a, a mentor, a discipler who's like really going to feed him now. Right. Cause, yeah. cause you're going to meet with him. You're going to carve out time for him. You're going to, what, well, how, I, I did that. I, I, it was mm. a season of life where I poured into this guy for mm. six months, and uh, you know, thinking I was I was go, getting somewhere with him. Maybe I just wasn't doing it in a structured way. I was just trying to spend time with him and build a relationship. But but it's just it's all take take take, and you know, it's like a never ending, never ending, you know, appetite of just him taking and pouring, getting poured into without really moving the ball down the field, you know, it just kind of wore me out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about that for a second, because I think that the strategy with the pursue God tools can help address that. So what I would encourage you to do is, you know, pick a you know, you you pick a discipleship track, right. And Mm -hmm. do like, start thinking about ways that you can help him take ownership. And, and a good, a good way to think about that is just, you know, if you're doing all the leading, if you're doing all the prep, if you're the only one that shows up ready for the conversation, you're you're actually not helping, right? Because yeah. he's not yeah. owning it. And yeah. so the strategy allows you to say, hey, we're on topic seven. Like, I want you to take notes on this one. Yeah. 
you know, and when you show up, like, I want to see what you've thought about. I want you to spend some time thinking about it. I want you to click on some other related topics. You know, Tracy says this all the time when we do counseling. She says, I refuse to work harder than you. Wow, that's great. You know? Yeah. And then just, you know, have some tough love. If he's mm-hmm. not if he's not showing up and taking ownership, cut it off. Yeah. I would say I would suggest not right away, but just at some point, just say, Hey, when you're ready for this, then come back. I'm the the, yeah. the door's open. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I think another way is to say, hey, why don't you pick something from the more on honoring God? You know, you pick for next week and you lead the conversation. I'm going to sit and listen and I want you to lead it. That's good. Mm-hmm. Hey, Brian, in, uh, I'm curious, you, know, you kind of asked that question about how long or whatever. Mm-hmm. Historically, data points, you know, your time in the uh, Philippines from joe off the street to being a, his own disciple maker is there a typical duration that you could expect to mm. pour into someone from a to z i think yeah that's a really good question and i you know in the philippines their discipleship tra- well first of all i think they had a track and i think that's important is they had a i mean i guess you could call it a program and it used to be like 18 months and then it and then it was like 12 months and then it was six months and now it's i don't it's three months maybe if that and the, one of the reasons that we created the the pursuit discipleship track and we've got all these different editions of it is because we realized that that people started using the pursue god resources to disciple people and they would be they would like disciple people indefinitely and what happened is they got stuck in in we call we say they got stuck in truth too you know, they got, they got stuck in this like perpetual, we're going to help each other honor God and we're going to be accountability partners. Now we're going to keep covering topics. We're going to keep filling our heads with great doctrine and great topics and, you know, life and faith and all this stuff. And yeah. people started coming, you know, faithful disciple disciples started, we started comparing notes and we said, how do we know when we're done? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why we created the discipleship track. So I can't, I can't really answer the question in general terms, Jason, because you might spend months before you even do a discipleship track. You might spend months just doing topics with somebody from one of the other pages, the parenting page or the marriage page or the men's page or whatever, the addiction page. But the whole point to a discipleship track, and this is good for people kind of getting trained on this, is to get on a trajectory. So I would say once you hit a discipleship track, then I think you should start thinking about being on the clock. I mean, for the sake of the other person, right? So now, obviously, with that in mind, it's 12 weeks minimum, right? Because there's 12 topics. But again, don't feel like you have to rush. So you might, but I would say 12 months maximum, you know? And when I say maximum, I'm saying that that's before, that doesn't mean you have to stop meeting with them. But if you don't get to topics 10 through 12, if you don't get to this last module where you're helping them think about helping others and you're looking at the process with them, everything we're covering in this podcast, then then I think you're enabling them now. You know, you're what you're doing is you're creating a consumer and and you, you're having a great relationship and maybe they're personally growing, but they're never going to mature. 
Because what would we say to a kid who's still in, in the house at 30? And you, and you might argue, but we've got such a great relationship. And we every, every normal person would say, that's not the point. Like, they're supposed to be out on their own by now. So you still have a relationship with someone when they start discipling someone else. But if they don't ever go start discipling someone else, then you haven't really finished the job with them. So... I would say that in general terms, Jason, you know, you know, six months to two years, three years, maybe to really invest in someone. There are some guys that I, that I've started discipling five years ago that I still meet with regularly. One of the guys is a fighter pilot as well. Um, and he, he and I still meet every week, but we don't always cover topics because he's mentoring people and I'm mentoring people. So whenever, every week when we get together, it's more like, we're following up with each other. Hey, how's it going with Michael? Hey, how's it going with so-and-so? And, and we're, we're, in, we're encouraging one another. We're spurring one another on to keep discipling people who are discipling people. So the relationship doesn't end, but I think maybe that the strategic intentionality using the topics might end. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I don't know. Brian, if that... I think I, Go ahead. I think I asked you this once and I think uh, I remember your answer, but are we the only group that you regularly meet with using this tool? Like, do, do you, do you meet with anybody like one-on-one -on -one online? And, and if so, how's it working? Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't usually do online when it's one-on-one. -on -one. I just do it on a phone call. Okay. And yeah. it's, it works great. It works Good. great. So yeah, kind of a regular uh -huh. set, set time. Yeah, we yeah we do like on so I meet with a guy every other week from Portland. I meet with a guy every week from Colorado, um, and at la previously I've met I met with, I mean I, I've had up to, maybe eight appointments through the week. But in that maybe it sounds like a lot, but if it's just a phone call, yeah, like a scheduled phone call, and there's some intentionality to it. You know, where he picks a topic one week and I pick a topic the next week. And now now that we have discipleship tracks, it's great because what I did then is I introduced discipleship tracks into most of those relationships so that so that there could be a sense of and don't take this the wrong way, but a sense of closure to the process. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's closer to the relationship. But, you know, Pinto, you're about ready to do this with your daughter. So you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a transition into a new like it's time for her to grow up and go out and do the next thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But the relationship's yeah. still there and it's still healthy. In fact, I would argue that it's it's healthy when you when you transition to the next thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. So I'll give another example, a guy that one of the first guys I started discipling, his name's Ryan. And it's really it's really a joy for me that he. You know, he has been discipling these other men ever since I started discipling him with the tools. And as the tools have grown and morphed, he's grown and morphed with the tools. But five years later, he's like, it's a lifestyle for him. He is still actively discipling these men and he's actively discipling his, he's got three girls at home. He's actively discipling his daughters at home. And so now his oldest daughter, who's 17, 16 or 17, she's now starting to disciple. In fact, he just called me the other day, said, I got to get her discipling because he understands this principle that we grow by, that we mature by discipling someone else. And he wants her to mature now. He doesn't want her to just receive from him. He wants her to mature. So we've been talking about how to do that. And then one of the other guys in his men's group, he's, 
and he gets it. He said, Hey, this, this, you know, his men's group is flourishing. And he's like, guys keep inviting other people to this men's group, which is great, but I'm not trying to gather people for me. I'm trying to get people to go full circle. But he, see, he gets that. He gets this principle that the goal is to get the individual to go full circle. The goal isn't to grow your small group or to grow your church. The goal is to make disciple makers. I think that's so important for all of us to understand. Um, any other any other thoughts or, or let, let's just actually hit this question for because I think this is really good. I want to hear what you guys would say for your church. How does your church define spiritual maturity? Like if I were to grab the average person at your church, what is a mature Christian? What would they say? I think we've talked about it before, but Chill and I down here at CCV, you know, CCV's motto is win, train, send. Mm. Um, but the send part is sort of, you know, nebulous or, or, or sort of like send missionaries out into the world via mm. our funding, or maybe, you know, they do a lot of, uh, church planting in Columbia, but, uh, sort of paying for it side of the house. Uh, but anyway, I think that for them being a full circle Christian is like, they want you plugged in the church. They want you serving. They want you contributing and then they want you leading a small group. And if you're doing those three things, they consider you to be mature. Hmm. But can everyone, yeah. can everyone lead a small group? No, but because they're on such an aggressive expansion, hmm. uh, you know, timeline, I mean, they, they, they want you to turn over your group to create other small group leaders. Okay. Jason, what were you going to add to that? Um, if, uh, you know, on the church website, we have these, you know, you can create your own login and some of your content saved there, some of your interactions, whatnot. Mm -hmm. So as a small group leader, I'm sure the other guys may see this as well. You know, you can see the people in your group and there's, you know, right or wrong. There's a little kind of like, icon badge system that mm. that just says whether or not this person is a regular attender um whether they've been baptized or not whether they uh, give financially whether they're in a small group yada 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 so you can kind of see and i would say you know alex is on with that so if you kind of hit those things sounds to me like congratulations yeah, you're, you're mature now. You've yeah. done the kind of things that we we're expecting mature believers to yeah. do. Yeah, those are the metrics. Yeah. And I'll hey, listen, I'll say it's better than most churches, you know. I, But I do think that there's just a little bit, what I've noticed, because this was our church, is you're kind of missing the point if you don't clearly identify what the goal is. And so for us, the goal is making disciple makers so what that means is we we have a we have a strategy for how to disciple someone and we so for the clarity's sake we we teach people that strategy and then we can say who are you actively discipling and so the two questions for us are real simple to you know just kind of like um litmus test questions is number one who are you discipling 
And number two, what topics are you covering? And if they give us a blank look, then we know that they're, they're probably not actually discipling anyone. <laughs> like they're just using it in general Christian terms. Yeah, the closest I've seen to it is the not just lead your own small group, but identify the next person that can kind of take the range or go create theirs as well. I just wish they maybe changed the terms to, yeah. you know, the God, you know, the Bible doesn't say go make small groups of all nations. It's Yeah, I think, yeah, small, we think small groups are a great mechanism for it, but it's sure. definitely not the only mechanism. And that's why all of our small groups actually, our small group leaders are disciple makers because their answers would be the names of the people in their small group, that's who they're discipling, and the topics that they're covering. So a small group leader now can answer those questions, but they small group leaders understand that their goal now within that small group, if they've got 12 people in their small group, they're looking at those 12 people and they're saying, okay, who, who can start discipling? This guy over here can disciple these guys over here. Right. So the small group becomes an environment for winning because you can say, hey, why don't you go? I can tell this person needs some one on one. Why don't you take this guy through the discipleship track? Hey, would you with this couple who's a little more mature? Would you guys take this couple through a through the couple's discipleship track? And so see right away, you can start if you start using the tools in your small group, everyone's being trained. And now when you just grab a kind of more mature couple that's maybe in squarely on arrow two, but they're not, they haven't ever discipled anyone because they don't know how to. Now you say, Hey, can you bring, can you bring this couple? If I connect you guys, can you bring this couple through this discipleship track? You know, what happened for some of our small group leaders when we started rolling this stuff out is they had like an existential crisis. They're like, I want to, I want to kill my small group. We're like, no, 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 don't kill your small group. But like, no, they're just coming to consume. It's just a social club. And, you know, and so they weren't trying to kill it because they didn't love it. They were killing it because they knew that there was a couple in there that needed more than a social club. And so we had, we kind of had to answer some questions for when this, when the light bulb went on for some of the small group leaders, we said, no, small groups are a great environment for this. So why don't you try to bring some of these topics into the small group? And in essence, you're introducing training and you're covering topics, but but yeah, now you be the pastor of that small group and you look to make the connection between this guy and that guy and whatever. Dude, I think that one little small change in connection is, mm-hmm. uh, would be huge at our church. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they, they do want to win train send. Right. And they, they spend a lot of resources on these small groups. Um, and if they could get that across to all, all the other leaders, man, that could be... Legal. Wouldn't you say, tell, tell me any of you CCV guys, wouldn't you say that win, train, send is just the circle? Yeah. Or, or am I missing something? Isn't it just you win, win is evangelism, train is you're helping them honor God, and send is you, you help them make disciples. Isn't that right? Except for yeah. maybe they don't have send defined like that. Yep, that's, I agree. I think they're yeah. very good at winning people to Jesus and having them start to trust. Yeah. And they're good about talking about topics that lead you towards honoring God, but they just don't know how to articulate the last part of it. Yeah. And that was the revelation for us when, you know, 10 years ago, we went to the Philippines when the pastor looked at me and said, if, if you want to build a church, preach a sermon. If, if you want to start a movement, write a curriculum. 
And what he meant was, until we made it clear what we were asking people to do, nobody did it consistently. It, it never became viral. And so as much as we kicked and Americans kick against that, the idea of a process or a curriculum, we've, we felt like we're not going to be have enough. We're not going to be filled with hubris and come back and feel like we've, we, we're going to figure out a different way. I think that's just the way we're wired. I mean, you guys have processes in the, in the air force, right? Could you imagine if you had no processes and no metrics? <laughs> Jason, you're like, well, kind of, a, right? Yep. Maybe you have too many processes. I don't know, but <laughs> so I think the process, let's go to that topic 11. The process is, is actually kind of important. And so I want to kind of talk through this, this one with you guys. What do you think about our, our definition of disciple making? Is it too simplistic? We say disciple making is, is a series of conversations. Like it, dislike it, be honest. Sorry, what was that? Our definition for disciple making. Well, I think, I don't know that I necessarily love that definition or not. I'm sort of neutral feeling on it. But mm -hmm. what I do care about is demystifying disciple making. I mean, there's a whole bunch of words that Christians use that are that are scary to the normal person. Yeah. Like sanctification is one of those. Like, it's a little bit funny because it doesn't really mean that much. It just means like living a better life and purifying over time. But like it scares people. Disciple making, I think, is one of those words that scares people. Mm -hmm. So you have to break it down into something different. Um, you know, it's it's a mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. I don't think it's simply a series of conversations. I mean, they're intentional conversations. Mm -hmm. It's just not just annual conversations. Yeah, the reason we say, I'll be honest, we say it like that because we want to kind of grab people's attention a little bit because churches would define it differently. What's, what is disciple making at your church? Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a program of workbooks and whatever, right? And so we kind of want, we want to sort of redefine it. We want people to say, huh, I never really thought about it like that. Like, so when, I, when I'm asking you to be a disciple maker, all I'm asking you to do is to engage intentionally with someone else and have a series of conversations. And I, I think it's good. Then it, it kind of, now it brings it down a little bit and says, okay, I think I could do that. And then the next question is what? If I say disciple making is a series of conversations, what's, what's your next question? Conversations me? about what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what's my, what do you think my answer is? your life yeah everything i can't really tell you because i don't know the person you're going to engage but but I, but what i do know is we're going to have as many of them as we can at pursuegod.org so i i can't that's why that one of the in the menu one of the first things is find a topic Be, because we're when you go there we want you to find a topic and start engaging in conversations in fact i'm going to just back up and for podcasters if if you want to watch anyone listening on the podcast right now, if you want to just open up the front page and look at it, just the very first thing you see, if you share this site with somebody that you're going to disciple is at pursue God, we help people discover truth one conversation at a time. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to set you up to be the one helping someone discover truth one conversation at a time. So they can just go to the front page and say, 
I mean, if it's just a series of conversations, you could, the first place is just pick from the featured topics on the front page. Spiritual leadership in the home, the meaning of transgression in Hebrew, giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. Now, maybe you look at those and you say, no, those don't do it. Well, that's fine. So lo you can load more, you know, you can, you can uh, organize, you can click on the main categories. If you're still not liking it, you can go up to find a topic and you go to start pages and start pages are just, you know, more of these, um, just more of these main categories like addiction and athletes and budgeting and emotions. So we always encourage people start with a start page, start with a men's start page, you know, Pinto, if you're a disciple in this guy, start with the men's start page. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. And, and when you go there, it's going to give, it's going to organize, it's like a new front page. It's a new homepage, but geared just for men. Right. So it looks a lot like the regular homepage, but now we're, we're doing fatherhood and just for men stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as you scroll through there, men's one one is a great starter series to get started with the, the first 10 topics to do with a group or mentor. And if you notice then each of these start pages, as you go further, as you scroll further down, it's now it's giving you more, just a little bit more intentionality. And one of the last things on that page is the pursuit ready to go full circle in your pursuit of God, try this 12 week discipleship track. So what the whole idea is you start engaging a guy with the men's page and let's say you do three months worth of topics and you just, and this happens a lot, is they're just like, can we do the next one? Can we do the next one? Can we do, cause they're learning and they're engaging and they're taking ownership for this process and you're just leading the conversation. But at some point you wanna be intentional and, and bring some direction and trajectory so just keep scrolling and you'll find that you'll find the pursuit and you want to guess which one this is going to go to. I hope it's going to go to the pursuit for men. <laughs> Let's find out. So when you click a dude picture, it's a dude picture. So hopefully it's going to go to the men, the men's edition of the pursuit. And, and, uh, yep. And it does, it looks like it's loading a little slow, but. So does that make sense? So that's, you know, that's why we say, that's why we define disciple making like that. Because we, when someone's, if you're going to train someone and say, I want you to go make disciples, then their, their natural question is, what are you asking me to do? And so what would your answer be with this, this strategy in mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I just say, I, well, I, you show them the circle. Mm -hmm. And then you show them the mentorship circle right around the other side. Like I'm asking you to do that. I'm asking you to have conversations and invest with them and see where it goes. Let's start there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, you know, Hey, let's uh, like to, you know, meet with you and on a regular basis and we'll learn together, walk through some different topics. That'll be interesting for both of us and mm -hmm. kind of see where it goes. Yep. Yeah. And then I think for them and that's the invite, right? So you invite mm -hmm. and then you invest in them. Oh, you know, intentionally over for the course of three to, you know, three months to two years or whatever. And then eventually you empower them. So invite, invest and empower. That's, those are kind of the key steps is, and most guys don't ever get past the invite because that's the intimidating part. Like, how do I invite someone, you know? And I, Pinto, I would say just what, exactly what you said, you know? You know, I, I think too, that I know in our church, I think most churches, we talk a lot about, you know, having that, that good core group of guys that, you know, you can, 
you can rely on you can call it anytime and you know like mm. you, you have your, your inner group kind of thing and, and a lot of people you know don't don't have that that inner inner circle of, of guys they can they can trust you know for whatever reason maybe yeah. they're too caught up in their day-to-day lives or their job or this or that so i feel like if if you if we take that step and and do kind of invite somebody that that you already have a little bit of a relationship with you know mm-hmm. not some dude off the street hey you but uh you know you have a relationship and, and you're intentional about you know wanting to to get to know the person more or develop that friendship relationship they're probably going to respond to it yeah and you know they they want that just as much as anybody else does and uh you know if it's a healthy good relationship they're probably going to respond in the positive i would think yeah well they do you think that they would respond to it if if you just said hey can i mentor you that, that's too vague no i don't think so yeah i think so um, too right it's a, and it depends on who it is and what the what what your relationship is with the person maybe a younger person that sort of looks up to you might respond to it but if you ask that way but probably most wouldn't yeah yeah i think it's too intimidating to think well i don't know what that means i don't know what i'm signing up for right right yeah okay so let's practice this for a second for our sakes and for whoever's listening to this in training this is a good exercise to do okay how how are let's practice engage let's practice inviting someone into a mentoring relationship. So, so get someone in your mind, another guy at church, a guy in your small group, and let's just do a little, it's gonna sound weird, but let's just do a quick little role play. Like you were that guy. So let's, a couple of you guys try it. Like I you, think I already went, I think I'm good. You did, Pinto, you're covered, you're covered. But now right, everyone so. wants you to go again so they can hear it, right? <laughs> so I, I know a guy that's getting married okay. pretty soon. Okay. and. Uh, he, he's come to our Bible study sporadically, but it's just like, Hey dude, you know, you're getting married. Are you doing counseling with anyone? Yeah. Probably not. Cause his fiance is German and she's in Germany. So like, you know, do you want to get together and talk about marriage once a week? Sure. Why not? Okay. So are you saying that just you and him, or are you going to do it as couples? Um, initially just with him because i'm not exactly sure where where he is on the circle i see i think he has a relationship with christ but not not necessarily living to honor god yeah and so Ranger's just saying that's your in right yeah that's how i'd get the, the conversation started the relationship love it started give some give ranger some feedback would you would you say yes to that or what what else would you need from him I would try. I think it's. I think it was a great lead in and a great idea. Um, the if, only thing that kind of made me raise an eyebrow was like when you just say, "Hey, you want to talk about marriage?" Mm-hmm. So maybe you could broaden the topic up a little bit, or you know, hey, we could talk about. Yeah, I mean, marriage is certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you were, and, and Ranger, is that your intent to kind of talk? to get it started with a marriage topic first. Do your own counseling. Well, I mean, I, I know I learned probably more in the first year of marriage about faith than, you know, yeah. just the, you know, the, the yeah. expected conflicts and it's no, everybody knows that half marriages end up in divorce. Mm. And so I think it's just a, 
you know, I remember when I was engaged, just wanting to learn as much as I could about marriage from someone that was married. You know, I, I think exactly what you're saying. I, when I, when I try to, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm trying to help somebody through something that they're struggling with or whatever, rather, you know, I, I try to put it on myself, like, Hey man, you know, I went through something like this and what I learned from mm-hmm. it when, when, you know, when it was, when it was my turn was this. And so, you know, maybe you could, you could approach it like, you know, Hey, um, you know, I've been married for a little while and I know you're excited to, you know, you're in get, you know, I don't know when he's getting married, but you know, Hey, it's a, it's a huge step for you. And, and, um, you know, I, I really learned some, some great lessons and I found these tools that I think are amazing that, that would, um, I wish I had, you know, when I was newly engaged and, and, uh, if you're interested, Hey, maybe we could sit down and, and look at them together. And, you know, I think it would really help you and prepare you for, for your, uh, the next step in your life kind of thing. But I mean, we all know that being a great husband means being a great follower of Christ. And so it's naturally going to lead sure. to spiritual conversation. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, but I agree with you, Pinto. There's, I think to say, to say it like that, to put yourself in that place, to be relatable, like, man, I would have yeah. loved, I would have yeah. loved if a guy did this for me Are you, in, can I do that for you? You know, like yeah. just all kind of humble yourself and offer it. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be the guy. I'm not trying to, you know, lord it over you. I just, I would have loved it if someone sat down and covered a few topics with me. Would you be interested in that? I've got a few, I'll send them to you, you know? Yeah. That's the other thing I would have said, Ranger, is I would have, when I invite a guy, I try to give him a sense that it's, a, you know, a few topics. I try not to make it sound too open-ended so they don't freak out you know? And, and then if I see just even a little bit, which usually I do, because nobody's that rude that they're going to say no. Right. But if I see even just a little bit of, yeah, that sounds it, that sounds good. You know, I, (laughs) I send it to, I send them the topic. You know, I'm reading a, a sales book right now and they say that, that with a warm lead, which means someone you already know, it still takes five to eight touches for them to buy your product. Hmm. And you're selling a product. And I think one of the th- problems is people feel like in the invite phase that I just invite them and I, I wasn't sure, or they said yes, but then they didn't, we never got together. I can't tell you how many times that happens, it, but it wouldn't happen to salespeople if you're income dependent on it, <laughs> right? Cause you know about follow-up that you follow up, you send an email, you send a text, you keep offering, you set a date, you set an appointment, you know, it's not, it's not happening until you set an appointment. This is one of the most basic things that we learned years ago is we had so many people saying, yeah, I want to do it. Oh, that's all. That sounds great. And then nobody, like it kind of, nobody really thinks to say, let's do it on Monday. How does Tuesday work? You know, let's pull your calendar out, (laughs) you know, like how about, how about coffee on Monday morning? I mean, that's the level of specificity I want to make sure that you guys are aware of. The invite by far is the hardest one. And, and then empowering is the second hardest. Once once they come and start doing topics with you, it's, you know, a lot of times that just, that's pretty, that's not that hard because you're, as long as you know how to listen to them and you're picking interesting topics, it's it usually goes pretty good, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So it's the invite, it's getting it started, and then and then it's getting it ended. <laughs> Starting and yeah. ending. The middle part's fine. So one technique that I've used a couple times now, none of them have resulted in uh, you know, like a long-term mentoring thing. Yeah. But they've started the the touch process, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. Yep. Anyway, um so anytime I'm at work or just in normal conversation, somebody in the neighborhood and they talk about how they're struggling with something like, uh, their kid is being super disobedient or, uh, I don't know, like they mentioned a bill trouble, whatever it is, I'll like, okay, cool. And I'll go like literally walk out of whatever the room that the conversation is in at the party and like go around the corner, find a cover, a thing on pursue God right there that relates and then just text it to them and go, Hey, next time we see each other, let's meet. Or like, as I'm walking out the door, I'll do it on the way to the car and then just see what comes of it. Cause most people are so clued into social media and whatever that mm -hmm. if somebody sends you something on Facebook, it's just like the natural human reaction to click on it and see what it is that they wanted to share with you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's mm -hmm. been my like, Nope, force myself to just find something right now. Otherwise I'll forget about it. That's good. Uh, and that's, that started a few conversations. Yeah, that, I just read the chapter in the book where the sales guy says that he keeps a, a, a pack of thank you cards in his car. And when he, ha when he has an interaction with somebody, he goes, as soon as he gets to his car, he writes the thank you letter out. and Because he, he, he knows what, he, what they just interacted on, what they just talked about. And he'll write it right there. Even though he's going to send it three days later, or they'll get it three days later, he writes it right then while it's fresh. And that's that's what that is. It's, oh man, we had that, we talked about that topic. I'm gonna let the topic be the hook, right? I'm gonna fish with the topic. I'm gonna let that, I'm gonna send the topic out ahead like John the Baptist. It's gonna be a voice in the wilderness and it's gonna go out ahead of me and let's see if it might loosen the soil a little bit for them, right? It's good. So I got a guy, a UPS driver that I've had a relationship with for 10 years. He's been my UPS driver. I know him by name. Whenever, if, you know, if we ever run into each other, we're, we sit there and we chat for 10, 15 minutes. He's come to Alpine before. Really a good guy, but just not a consistent guy. And now his kids, he's got boys that are maybe 12, 13. And I can tell he wants to be a good dad, you know. Um. So I just, I feel like God laid it on my heart that I need to, I need to get, I need to engage. I need to invite him into a intentional relationship. So I think the least weird thing for him is I'm going to send him a text and I'm going to say, Hey, I'm taking a coffee. When's a good time. And I'm just going to, that's, I mean, we have enough of a relationship that I think he'd be honored by that. And, and then I'm just going to say, you know, like what you're going to say, Ranger, I'm just going to say, Hey, these are important years in your, in your son's lives. You know, I want to, let's, do you want to get together for, you know, just give me, you know, six weeks. Let's do a topic every week for six weeks. I'll treat to the coffee and I bet you he won't turn that down, but see how specific I'm being about it. I'm not, I'm giving him a timeline. I'm giving him a, you know, what we're going to do. I'm showing him the topics. I'm trying to be relational about it. So I'll let you know how that goes. That's my example. Cool, man. Anyone else want to go? Chill, what's your invite? How are you going to say it? My invites, I don't think the 
tricky part. I think one of the questions down below mm-hmm. is what's uh what's the trickiest part for you? Yeah. Yeah, number four. So which one is it for you? I, I was chuckling because earlier you were talking about, oh yeah, the the first and the last the, is the tricky part. Yeah. I think it's the second one for me, the invest. Yeah. Um, and it's not due to a lack of desire. Yeah. It's just like, dude, I'm, uh, I feel fairly tapped out yeah. in life with the things I do commit to already and would love to invest more in someone else. So I would be interested in trying to find out some of those other techniques on, you know, on the phone and stuff, how to do that portion better. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. You know what I would say, what I would speak to that. In fact, one of the topics in there is how to mentor a busy man. Sweet. Yeah. And you know, I would say just be, um, do it on the phone. Like find one guy that you're going to invest in. Don't, don't commit to three guys. You know, this time of your life is you're busy. You got a lot going on. So just say, God, give me one guy. Give me my one guy that I can invest in for six months, you know, and, and then just now you can carve out that time. Now you can say, hey, let's get on the phone and let's do it. Because you're going to be investing in your kids for the next 15 years, right? So I think that's a win right there is just discipling your kids and seeing that your kids go full circle. That's, that's, a, that's your biggest win. Yeah. Phone seems to be quicker. Mm-hmm. And then I think just then you're doing topic, do some topics and then eventually get to the discipleship track, right? And I would say the easiest guys, you know, start with an easy guy. Start with a guy in your small group. Start with a guy in your church. Start with someone at Truth2. That's probably the easiest thing to do because then I think it's, you can be more intentional. You know, you can do what Jesus did. Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You know, you can say, hey, I'm going to disciple you in a way that you can do for someone else. You in? You know? Yeah. And that could be a six-month commitment probably pretty easily or even less. I don't know if that answered your question, Jace, but. No. Yeah, it helps. But as far as investing, I think you, the actual topic, covering the topics, I think you'll be great at it because you're, you're a good listener. And I think you're going to engage someone and listen and let them discover. And that's good. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same. Um, I don't have any qualms really inviting. Um, so if you ask, it's the investment. Mm-hmm. Again, but, not due to lack of desire. Let's just finish up with this last topic 12 uh, for ourselves and also just in terms of training if you were going to do this with someone else. So we felt like the best thing to do for the last topic in a track is to just talk about these four next steps. And so number one, cover more training topics. And there, you know, there's all these more training topics down below. So, I mean, you could, we could spend, and we might do this, we could spend several more weeks or months even covering some of these training topics, really drilling down on some of these. And that's good. Number, but I think it'd be wrong to do it for a year. (laughs) You know, we don't need a year to keep covering those. Number two, practice with the topics in this discipleship track, which would mean 
we could we could go back and say, okay, Pinto, you're going to lead uh, topic number two, and you you take the lead on it. You set you set it up. You you lead the conversation, and then we'll give everyone in the group will give you feedback on it. We we did that a lot with in our training at our we did like mass training at our churches, and that was one of the most helpful things for them is they split off into groups and they just all practiced on each other, and then gave feedback. You did that on a regular Sunday. So we did a train, like we did a Saturday morning training, and then we actually broke them into groups where of two or three in a group. And we said, you guys for the next two months are going to pick a series or a track and you guys take turns leading it so that everyone can kind of cut their teeth on this and practice leading a conversation and getting through the awkwardness of it and whatever. Right. Hmm. And it was good for them because then that gave them more confidence when they were going to do it for real with somebody else. I can I can vouch for practicing it, you know, doing it the first time tonight. It was just incredible to get feedback from mm. from people and especially people that have never seen it before, just to, you know, see them connect the dots and and see its effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're the one that's, you know, thinking through the questions and leading the conversation, it's it, it's just like going full circle, you know, using Right. Exactly. Just using the resources. Yeah. Ranger. And that's the, that's the key. That's why so many guys are actually doing it. Cause it's so simple. I mean, it really is. It's like leading a directed conversation. So I think the biggest key is pick a good topic, like an interesting topic. And then, you know, look at the questions ahead of time and don't, don't feel like you have to ask any of them. Like write your own. If you need to, the questions are all just guidelines. They're not requirements. So I don't know how many questions you used from the thing. Did you go through them all or did you write some of your own or what? I used almost entirely my own questions. Exactly. Which is great. And we tell people, sometimes I go, I sit in on a small group and the small group leader goes through every question like they're like they have to, and it's a curriculum. And then I'll pull them aside afterward and say, Hey, you got, you know, you know, your group better than the question writers know your group. Like you, you can customize the questions. Like, feel free. I give you permission, you know, and, and it's like liberating for them because that's what we want. We don't want it to be, we don't want it to be about the curriculum. It's not about the curriculum. The conversation gets it started and you probably notice this ranger, it kind of gets out of the way, right? And now you're just talking about something real with the people in the room. Oh, it was so easy because someone would say something that like perfectly segued into the next question or just... Mm -hmm you know, made the, the next question obvious. So it just, you know, it, it flows so much better when you're just interacting with people. It's just a conversation. Yeah. You have an idea of how you want to steer it. So when it gets to the pause and nobody has anything that they're dying to say, you can be like, well, have you thought about this? And then it just, it just keeps going. That's great. Good. I look forward to hearing more about that. Okay. Third step, pray for God to open a door for disciple making. And I, I can't tell you how important this is. Like, don't try to do this on your own strength and your own power in your own with your own ideas. Like really right now, start praying, say, God, I need you to open a door. God cares about this more than you do. And so partner with God in this, pray for him, begin to make it a part of your prayers. Disciple making made my prayer life so much better because I pray for the people I disciple, which is, by the way, very biblical. Read, read Paul's epistles. 
He says it all the time that he's praying for the people he's investing in. And I think a lot of people have anemic prayer lives because they're consumer Christians and their life is all about them. And so pray for God to open a door and do it now. And God will open the door. I guarantee you God will open the door because he wants it more than you do. In fact, I invite you and everyone listening to the podcast to join us every Monday. The first Monday of every month is, is kind of our Pursue God Prayer and Fasting Monday. And so we invite everyone to pray and fast. You don't have to fast the whole day if you don't want to, but maybe a meal or, or fast something on the day and pray and fast specifically for the people you are currently mentoring or will someday be mentoring. And so we, the board members have been doing that together and we're, we're going to start promoting that on the site to, as the, as the network of pursue God disciple makers grows around the country, we want to see a movement of, of men and women of God who are fasting for their discipleship relationships. Cause we believe Jesus care, cares about this and he wants to see a movement like this. So make it a habit. And then the fourth step is just follow up with your trainer after you've started discipling. So, you know, for me, in for our group, I want to continue to meet with you guys to follow up with you. Now, we'll probably meet more anyway to cover other topics together, even as you guys start discipling. But if if our goal was just to get you trained to be disciple makers, we what we'd probably be doing is even as you start doing it, uh, in this might be how we end this conversation tonight, is we say, hey, for the next four weeks, even as you guys start doing discipling, so Ranger, you're doing it in your small group. So Ranger, you get to pick the next training topic that we're going to cover, you know, and pick one that you want to talk about because the other guys are probably going to want, you know, there's tracking your discipleship relationships, how to end a failed relationship, mentoring relationship, um, questions about training topics about marriage mentoring. There's some other key discoveries in a pursuit of God. There's just a lot of, I mean, there are literally hundreds of training topics on our site that we've built up over the past five years, getting pe- pushing past the awkward in a mentoring relationship. So I think what we'll do together is, you know, maybe we'll, Alex, maybe we'll let, uh, you know, Ranger pick next week and maybe Pinto can pick the next week or whatever. And let's, let's choose some more training topics that we can go through even as you start doing it. But let's not neglect these, these other steps, right? Um, cover more training topics. So that's what we'll do practice. And then we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep rolling.